the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. The one, the only. Rabbi Lappin. Glenn, your speech last night went down so very well. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, uh, we we were uh, gathered to celebrate uh, Israel's 70th uh, birthday. Uh, and uh, I, I was afraid, uh, Rabbi Lappin, that, you know, I, I'm never one to bring to a birthday party. You know, I'm not the life <laughs> of the party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so... Uh, you know, I had to be the, the speech was in our studios and I was supposed to be there last night, but I've been I'm being held captive here in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, and so I did. I couldn't read the audience because I couldn't see them or hear them. Um, but uh, I'm glad that nobody was, you know, running for the doors after my speech. No, not at all. Um, it really made the evening. Um, Rabbi, uh, before we get into uh, some other things, and I want to talk about your speech, because I learned so much uh, history yesterday, as I always do from you. Thank you. Um, can we talk a little bit about the content of of what I spoke about last night, uh, about the 12th, the mom, and about what uh, uh, Iran is doing uh, in surrounding Israel, and and how this looks like it's all kind of culminating around the anniversary and president trump's visit of may 14th yeah yeah are, are you are, are people really aware of of what iran truly believes and what their motivation is for all of this well uh, you know going back the, the, a long a long time back um there was a guy called pat buchanan i'm sure you remember yeah, and uh, Pat Buchanan wrote a piece. Uh, I think it was published in the American Conservative back then. But basically, what he said was in the in the aftermath of nine eleven, he pointed out that what he called neoconservatives, which many people mm-hmm. felt was a um, code word for Jewish conservatives, um, were pushing President George W. Bush. To, um, to sort of nation build in the Middle East, which was sort of part of the dream of. Anyway, it caused a tremendous row, and um, and many people felt that President Bush was sort of following the guidance because many of the people, like Paul Wolfowitz and, uh, and yes. Pearl, and many of those people who were, who had the presidents here, were part of what uh, Pat Buchanan called the the sort of neocon crowd, uh, people who read Coventry Magazine and uh, the Weekly Standard, etc., etc. And at any rate, um, the fact is that at the end of the day, when we, when we all look back on, uh, on that period, um, we ask whether the e- enormous expenditure of blood and money on uh, on the wars in in Iraq and um, and so on, were they really worth it for America? And um, I I don't think so because at the time I said I, that trying to turn um, a suburb of um, Baghdad or, or Damascus into a, a suburb of Kansas City is just not going to work because. Um, culture beats politics. Politics flows from culture, not the other way yes. around. And since yes. uh, the the um, the the, uh, the 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 pleasant and genteel surroundings, 
you know, of a suburb in, in, in Dallas or Kansas City or Charlotte. Um, these are, uh, are, are the result of hundreds of years of American culture built on hundreds of other years of British culture. And so the notion, anyway, the point is that um, a, a fair disservice was done by, uh, by that period because today, whenever we speak about the very real threats posed by Iran, which you have been one of the few voices doing eloquently and effectively, uh, the reaction on the part of a lot of people is, oh, you know what, we don't need any more wars in the Middle East. George Bush did enough. Uh-huh. And uh, the fact is they're completely different. Uh, in, in, my, in my personal view, uh, I do think that much of what uh, George Bush spent and expended in blood and money was a waste because Iraq is no better today than it was uh, on 9-11. And we may have, and we may have lost um, uh, the, uh, the opportunity to now make a strong case for real true evil um, that is, and, well, I, and I don't use that harder. word... Yes, yes. Um, I, I don't use the word evil uh, lightly, but I, I do believe they are in an end times uh, game, uh, those who believe in the 12th Imam, and they are talking about it right now. Their, their, their leadership in the uh, Republican Guard are talking about the return of the 12th Imam uh, and, and the chaos that they are causing, and they are orchestrating now the Palestinians on the on the Gaza uh, border of Israel. And, uh, you know, that's only going to get worse, especially when the president opens up the new uh, uh, embassy there in Jerusalem. Um, and, and God bless him for that. My goodness. And uh, and also I mean, for pardoning Scooter Libby, that took some guts. That's something George W. Bush should have done, but didn't. Rabbi, last night you gave a speech and you talked about why Israel or why Jerusalem uh, is uh, so important or what it was built on. And you gave a a little bit of history of uh, the Middle East and Yemen and Somalia. I had never heard any of this before. Um, Start quickly with just the is it already 20 after? Oh, my gosh. Hang on. Yeah, let me let me uh, take a quick break, and then we'll come back. You have to tell this story. I've never heard this history, and it really puts things into perspective. Uh, RabbiDanielLappin.com, RabbiDanielLappin.com. Uh, Rabbi, tell me, uh, tell me quickly about the reason Israel is different and how it has affected the Middle East. Yeah, sure, although... Um, I, not to sound sycophantic or anything, but I've, I'm always astounded by you. N- 99 out of 100 celebrities who had to um, do their speech remote by satellite, as you did last night, you'd have done your speech and then taken off. In any event, you were in a time zone where it was inconvenient. And uh, and I can't believe, I mean, in the last few minutes, I've, I'm trying to wrap myself around the idea that you stayed online and heard my speech coming off I, I, rabbi i wouldn't i would not miss your speech i mean what i just said you, i've learned more from you than uh, than i've learned from most people i think you are one of the brightest uh, uh most well-spoken history teachers and and theology teachers i have i've ever i've ever encountered 
Well, thank, thank you very much indeed. But I'm astounded that you, <laughs> you stayed online to listen to what went on. But okay, to answer your, uh, uh, to answer your question, yeah. Uh, is, I, I pointed out that, um, that uh, well, I saw Ross speaking about Mombasa, which is a, a city I used to know on the east coast of Africa, from which um, trading ships 3,000 years ago used to travel up the east coast of Africa, and then they would turn into the Red Sea and then go up to the southern tip of Israel, which is now a lot. And there were there were copper mines there, but there were all kinds. Of, basically, Israel was the the center of of the world in those days. I mean, every although there were obviously civilizations elsewhere, uh, Israel was where it's at. And I pointed out that ships that would go up. I mean, so far spread was Israeli culture that to this day, uh, Somalia and Yemen, which are on either side of the straits as you enter the Red Sea, were named by people after the Hebrew words for left and right. As you're heading up north, uh, Somalia is on the left, and the Hebrew word for left is Somal, and Yemen is on the right, and of course the Hebrew word for right is Yemen. So... uh, I mean, think of that. And the patriarchy continues. You're naming countries, whole lands. Is it's? I had no idea. That's left. That's right. In Hebrew. Yeah. Right. Uh, do Do they know that? I, I, look, I mean, Somalia has raised uh, a barbaric piracy to um, uh, obscene new levels. So I'm not sure they're spending an awful lot of time delving into the uh, <laughs> demographics and and, um, and and study of their of their language and culture. But uh, but I mean, yeah, that it, it, it's it, you know it's known by people who know these things. And it's, uh, um, and then I pointed out that you know the, I listed an, a number of cities. After speaking of Mombasa, I said there's um, you know there's there's Naples, there's there's Oslo, there's Paris, there's Quebec City, there's Rome, there's Stockholm, there's Tokyo, and I was I was sort of playing around with you know choosing an alphabetical list of cities. But the main point was that all these cities are in water, and it's very hard to think of a significant city that's more than 200 years old that wasn't built on water. Had and to be the city that has shaped the destiny of Western civilization for never mind 200 years, but 2,000 years is Jerusalem, which is and it's almost unique in not on the water at all. Glenn Beck, The Blaze Radio Network.